0: Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This is a weekly podcast with new episodes available every Sunday and Monday morning. I began this series to share my experience, strength, and hope for anyone who is on the journey of physical or emotional sobriety. As always, it's important to remind everyone listening that I am not an expert or the final word on addiction, sobriety, or recovery. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. So this step really focuses on willingness. And I love that because it's something that comes up over and over and over again in our recovery journeys, no matter what program we're in and no matter what stage of life we're in because it doesn't necessarily focus on the substance or harmful behavior that we're engaging in. It shows up in all areas of our lives. Willingness at work, willingness in friendships, willingness in family, willingness in intimate partnerships. And that's why I think this step can be really challenging, but can also be very profound. Now, as I understand it, Step three is really one sentence that can be broken down into four parts or movements. So in part one, we make a decision. There is clarity, intention, and energy in that opening statement. They didn't say we considered it or maybe we'll think about it if it fits with our schedule. They said made a decision. And the definition of Decision actually has Latin roots. So the meaning of the word decide comes from the Latin word decidere, which is a combination of two words, day, off, and sidere, cut. So to decide literally means to cut off everything except the things that matter most. Now part two is willingness. When we surrender, we turn over our will and our life, and that is pretty profound because our self-will has a massive impact on our lives, and yet we deny its impact and presence all the time. But in this step, they're making it clear that our will is just as important as our life and needs that attention and support and guidance from a higher power. In part three, we focus on care. And it really makes me wonder, what does care mean to us? Is it nurturing, guidance, love, or compassion? Maybe someone wanting what is best for us. And so often I hear people come into recovery work with so much resistance. And a lot of it is rooted in this idea that we are asking them to believe and blindly follow a punitive God, you know, and a gotcha God, a God that's waiting to punish us, or to be at the mercy of this God. When what it really sounds like to me is that we are being invited to be recipients of this God's grace. And when the topic of surrendering ourselves to the care of a higher power comes up, It really makes you think about what we have allowed into our lives, what we find acceptable, and what brings up the most resistance for us. Do we find being cared for by another to be humiliating? Do we find that it brings up memories and feelings of all the times that we had to go without care or pushed it away, or refused to care for ourselves. Now, part four of step three is God as we understood him. And this is so important because one of the most common misconceptions and falsehoods that I hear about 12-step recovery programs is that they are based in religion and that you have to believe in the God of a church. And yet here very early on in the steps, step three, they are reminding us that God can be anything we want it to be. It can be an experience and it can change over time. God isn't static in our lives. God can be dynamic. God can expand in our lives. And if we don't believe in God, we can still stick around they're saying that there is room for us and all we need to do is put the key in the door and leave the door open. And every time we approach that door again, it's just going to open a little bit more and a little bit more. I also think it's important to explore the difference between what we think surrender means and what it actually means. When I first began learning about 12-step programs and recovery programs, I didn't even realize that I associated surrender With defeat, humiliation, failure, weakness, giving up, and losing. But I soon learned that my concept of surrender was really distorted, like so many of my ideas and perceptions at the time. Surrender simply means transferring our energy to the winning side, and there doesn't have to be any defeat, humiliation, weakness, or losing in that process. And this is important because it lets us know that maybe our perception of things, concepts, systems, organizations, and people have been off the mark. It's a reminder that we might be wrong about things. If I could so badly misinterpret a simple concept like surrender, what else have I misinterpreted? Another aspect of this step that brings up a great deal of resistance is that it comes after learning and accepting that our life is unmanageable and that we have no control over restoring sanity. And in this step, we are surrendering to the fact that only a higher power can restore us to sanity. And there is nothing that people enjoy less in this world than being told what to do, who they are, or how they should think. And I don't care if it's Al-Anon, Adult Children of Alcoholics, or Sex Addicts Anonymous, no one likes to be told that they are out of control. And that it's not going to be the next self-help book, or more self-will, or more white-knuckling it that will return them to sanity. And sure, those things may keep you sober. And I feel like there's a, a whole... Misconception about all of this because here we're talking about recovery, not just sobriety. I've shared on this podcast before that I receive so much feedback in my own life from people who have never stepped foot in a 12 step meeting, never read any of the literature, and people who don't even know what any of the 12 steps actually are. And the resistance that I hear from them is incredible. Generally, what I hear is that to need help or support or community to recover is the most pathetic or distasteful or weak thing that they could possibly imagine. And I've always found that so perplexing. And if I'm being generous, I'll say that it's also kind of interesting too (laughs) to hear that, you know, that people who have no experience with addiction or successful recovery at all have the biggest opinions on what other people should or should not do in order to recover. So whether it's a newcomer who hates the idea of doing this inner work, or it is their partner or family member who resents them so much for not being able to just stop and be better without having to do this kind of work, The idea of surrendering your will and your life to the care of a higher power can seem ridiculous, but I think the real question is, how is that more ridiculous or more harmful than what active addiction or white-knuckle sobriety looks like? And what do we think that we are going to lose in the process? We're not paying a fee. God isn't sending us a bill at the end of every week for tapping into God's power. It's simply us privately deciding that we are handing the keys to a God that cares for us. It's both life changing and yet not that big of a deal at the same time. So, step three is about giving up the power struggle and deciding to turn our will. Over to a higher power. In this step, we open ourselves up to faith, hope, and trust, and we begin to feel serenity. It's about getting out of our own way and allowing our higher power to begin working in our life. This step also invites us to see how the way that we were living, not just drinking or using or acting out but the way that we were living caused us to lose touch with our higher power. This step helps us to understand and regain that connection. One of the most powerful tools that people are introduced to in this step is the serenity prayer, which I'm sure you've heard. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This prayer helps us to accept things to stop fighting, to pause, to open our eyes, to take an inventory of what is on our side of the street and what is none of our business. It introduces us to the serenity that comes with understanding that we cannot control other people, places, or things, but we can control our reaction to them. I've often heard this prayer be drastically misinterpreted as well. Some people take the words acceptance and serenity to mean granting our permission or enthusiastically endorsing something. I don't take it that way at all. To be in acceptance with where I am, who I am, what is happening, and who you are, means that I am living in the reality of an experience instead of distorting my perception in an attempt to escape it or to manipulate another person. Serenity, for me, is about neutrality and alignment. It doesn't mean I'm happy about something, and I'm not destroyed by it either. I am my own peace, and that allows me to channel power, inspiration, and clarity to decide what my next steps will be. In addition to the serenity prayer, step three includes a prayer of its own. The third step prayer goes like this. God, I offer myself to thee, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. The line, relieve me of the bondage of self, really stands out. Because the line in the prayer isn't, relieve me of the bondage of alcohol, or gambling, or heroin, or sex addiction, or codependency. You know, this makes it clear that it is less about the substance or the harmful behavior that we're engaging with. We start to connect the dots that perhaps this is a spiritual malady that affects us body, mind, and spirit, and that if I remove my coping mechanism, my anesthetic, I will probably just find another maladaptive behavior because I cannot get away from myself. That is why surrendering and inviting the care of a higher power has such a profound impact. We are declaring that it is not just us and our resentments and distorted perceptions and wounded egos and irritability that are running the show from now on. We are inviting something greater than us to guide us. Sometimes when I work with newcomers who are very new to the program, maybe they are still detoxing or raging, They come into the conversation with guns blazing, and rightly so. Their world is being turned upside down. And I would say that probably nine times out of ten, they get up in my face and start saying that they don't believe in God and they can't possibly do this program because of that. And how could I expect them to lie or pretend and that this is never going to work for them? And I don't mean to be glib, but sometimes when I'm looking at someone who has been doing coke for like 20 years or has four DUIs or stole thousands of dollars from their job while on a bender and they're screaming in my face that they can't do this because they don't believe in God and they don't want to lie, I almost have to laugh. And I definitely don't because I completely understand that mentality. I understand the chaos, the contradiction, just the rage that's going on and how it distorts your perception. But I will say, if you are an active addiction, all you do is lie. All you do is bullshit and wear masks and pretend to be someone you're not to fit in with other people. But You know, we'll draw the line at maybe entertaining the idea of a higher power while getting sober because we don't want to lie. So when I find myself in those situations with newcomers, I have so much empathy and compassion. And I remember that self-righteousness that used to rise up in me as people were introducing new concepts to me. So instead of fighting them, because we didn't come into these programs to fight. I instead encourage them to start their day with a prayer that is honest and simple and teaches them about honesty, openness, and willingness. So I tell them to say, Dear God, please help me to believe in you today, because most of the time, I don't. It's so simple. It's straight to the point. No one is forcing them to do anything out of character or to not be themselves. You know, I want people to be themselves, but I also want them to be in recovery. Let's move into some of the questions. You know that I love journal prompts and questions. I feel like it really helps us to dive into what makes us tick and how this program is working in our own lives. My questions for step three are... How has acting on my own self-will affected my life? How has it affected others? What does surrender mean to me? Have I had any harmful or traumatic experiences with surrender in the past? What would turning over my will and my life to the care of a higher power look like? What is the difference between my will and God's will? How is my higher power currently working in my life? Do I think I might need to change my concept of a higher power? Is the one that I currently have working for me? What does being cared for mean to me? Who was the first person who cared for me? Who was the last person who cared for me? Do I have any fears about turning my life or my will over to the care of a higher power? Am I unwilling to do things in my recovery that are being suggested? If so, why? How to surrender in the first step? relate to, or help the third step? In what ways am I already dependent on things that I may not understand? What things, people, or circumstances have I tried to control in the past and how has that turned out? Do I think that God will be able to handle my life better than I have? And finally, describe someone you trust. What qualities do they have? How do they relate to you? And how do you feel around them? I hope you find these questions helpful. And until next week, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Check out this week's playlist on my personal Spotify account. And join me on Instagram and TikTok for daily journal prompts at Love Letters and Mixtapes. If you enjoy this episode, please consider making a monthly donation to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio.